0: Well, welcome to Three Gens Theology once again. We see it as a high priority to, um, for all believers to be solidly rooted and grounded in their faith in Christ, and uh, we seek to be an aid in giving that um, footing in the scriptures and to encourage you in your walk with Christ. Um, we are excited about being back today to uh, talk about the the beginning things again, prolegomena, and uh to discuss culture a bit today. And so we're excited about doing that. But we want to start with a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for our time together today. May you be lifted high. Help us, Lord, to uh, clearly understand your word. Help us to see its truth come through clearly as we read it. And, uh, Lord, as we discuss today, help us uh, to be a help in the lives of those around us. And uh, thank you for our opportunity. In Christ's name, amen.
1: Hello. We had in an earlier podcast uh, pretty extensive uh, biographical sketches that we gave concerning each other. And uh, that was not only to introduce ourselves, but there was another specific purpose for that. And that purpose was for you to be aware of the fact that all three of us had our Bible education here in the United States uh, at various schools. Uh, we learned the things that we learned from teachers professors uh, books that we read that had been produced here in the United States or as the expression is sometimes used the Western world it's important for us to know that because there is a large part of the world around us that uh, has not been exposed to things the same way we have and in addition One of the problems that we're going to face as we try to tackle the subject of the Word of God and its understanding in theology is that we ourselves have certain blinders that we have on based upon the background and the culture that uh, we've come out of. So we're going to spend some time today looking at those issues. First of all, it's, it's important for us to recognize the relationship of society and Christendom and the Bible. Uh, the society that we are in is a, is a mixed society, isn't it? There are many different uh, cultural backgrounds of the people who make up the society in which we live. But at the same time... We recognize that when we're talking about the societies who've experienced the Bible and we go back 2,000 years, we recognize that much of what has taken place over this period of time has, uh, has found its way into a variety of customs and, and ways of dealing with the scriptures and with the church, the way in which we do church, if you will. And so it's important for us to see that uh, society and cultures in general have a big part in the way in which we come into our understanding, in which we share that understanding, and in which others experience that understanding of what the Bible is and what Christianity is all about. Religions of all kinds have gods, have uh, spirits, have uh, various individuals who are heroes, uh, and all cultures, because they often are based upon or very involved with their religions, have these as the the foundations of what they think about. Many people in other parts of the world think that we as uh, Americans are all Christians that this is a Christian country. And yet, as I said a a moment ago, because there are so many different varieties of cultural backgrounds in our country, it's obvious that not everyone is a Christian, and many people have grown up in our society being exposed to teachings that are anything but Christian.
2: So, Grandpa, um, like, you stand at a but part of why we're doing this is you stand in a, in a pretty, uh, pretty interesting spot, being a missionary and um, having served so long uh, in Japan, and then also here with with different cultures. Um, even now, you you serve with our in our ESL program uh, in, in, with a we have a large Hispanic uh, community around our church, and so you know we we talk about how it's different around the world, uh, but well, you ha- like. How would you? So, as you think back to Japan, right? How does Japan? How does the church in Japan operate differently than the church here? I mean, it, that's, a, that's a fairly broad question, but I think that might help contextually, just to, and rather than just saying, well, it's different. I think all of us understand that's different. But you know, how how did you experience that when you were in Japan? What, what, what were some of the differences there that you had to learn as you began doing church ministry there uh, that might have been different from how you do, did it here?
1: Well, in doing evangelism in Japan, for example it was necessary for us to realize the fact that the people we were ministering to were for the most part Buddhists or Shintoists. The, the Buddhist, uh, religion had found its way into Japan since about the sixth or seventh century AD and Shintoism was founded upon the earliest religions that were known and understood there. In fact, there's some objection to the whole idea of using the word religion because of the fact that it's sort of a Western construct. We have defined things as being religious, and yet to take it over and to say that Buddhism or Hinduism or Shintoism or whatever are religions is, uh, is sort of a philosophical construct that we've, we've based our explanation on what that really means is that regardless of whether we call Shintoism or Buddhism a religion or not, the people believe certain things that they have been taught from their earliest ages. So, for example, it's said that people are born Shinto and die Buddhist in Japan because the first uh, various things that happen birth, uh, marriage, All of those things, house buying, they're dealt with by the Shinto priests. But when you get past that and people die, it's the Buddhist priests who are very much involved in your life. Some people are strong believers in those uh, faiths. Others are very weak. Their primary concern is money uh society, how do I do what I need to do in the circles that I'm in, which are the main thing that make up Japanese society, um, how do I uh, obtain a proper position in society based upon doing the right things within each cultural social circle? And so we as missionaries coming in came in, of course, pretty oblivious to a lot of that and had to learn, as we were learning the language, the culture as well. And when I say culture, basically what we're talking about is sort of the conglomeration of all of the various things that we think, we do, we see, we make. All of those things put together make up the the culture of which we're a part. And so we had to learn to present the gospel, within a context, a cultural context that was very different than our own, hoping that we would not just bring our Western concepts in and plant them there in Japan.
2: Yeah. D- Dad, do you have any uh, anything to add there? I mean, you yeah. came from Indi- Avon, and then you...
0: Right. So I think um, I think uh, like Japan would have a, a relatively uh, stagnant culture. It, every culture changes. There's no doubt about that. But they have carried... Their history, for a long time, it's probably changed. It's changed more recently than it had mm-hmm. in the past. Um, but I was just thinking, as you were saying that the the tr- the change of thought that you dealt with in evangelism from an American mindset to a Japanese mindset, I would say there is, uh, you know, some some equally level of that between the thought of evangelizing when I was young compared to now in America. Um, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know anything about religion, really. Um, My family was nominally uh, Catholic. We really didn't go to church. Um, We really didn't do much. Um, I didn't know, uh, when I first started learning about the Bible, I couldn't quite put together who Noah was, so I really didn't know much about the Bible. But I didn't have a real problem taking in the fact that the Bible was special, that the Bible was God's word, that that there was a God, that there that there was a Creator. Some of those basic truths were a common thought. Um, now I'm just saying how that was for me. So I guess maybe that's not the entire culture when I you know when I was in junior high. Um, but I think it was a relatively common thought that that those basic truths were still basic truths, even for a completely unchurched person, and uh, and so some of these some of these mindsets that we're going to walk through now have radically changed the culture that we're in now, and radically changed the mindset that. That, that we, no matter what background we had then, that we and everybody we talk to now approaches the scriptures. And so it's, it's been uh, pressured uh, for a change of mindset in our culture. So I think there has been a big change uh, in, even, in, even in our Western culture, there's been, been a big mindset. It, it's still that logical, like you're saying, religion came from Western to Eastern, that really the idea of systematic theology is very western the logical think mm-hmm. through it um, there must be uh, a, a logical layout a methodical layout right, right? Uh, rules and and 1.4.7 you know a-4 <laughs> you know there must be that layout of it for a western thought uh, and then you bring that to an eastern culture and it's it's just not the way that is right uh, so there has been that for that's western that's that's not been changing but the uh, the basic foundation of things is really shifting. Um, and it's, it's growing uh, dangerous for the, f- the foundation of scriptural teaching.
1: Yes. We, we need to recognize the fact that there are certain uh, realms of philosophical thought and and practical thought that have worked their way around the world uh, and influenced the way in which certain beliefs have been affected. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, materialism, humanism. These, these concepts uh, have found their way into Japanese society. Right. Uh, the, the impact of the West has not only been to uh, bring aspects of our culture in, uh, the music, for example, or the clothing that we wear, but it's also been some of the thoughts that have been brought into life there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the materialistic concept is so strong uh, and has affected the business life in Japan so to such a degree that there are many people who are uh, really practicing whatever faith they claim to be part of when there is a death in the family. When there's a crisis of that kind, then they will begin to move back into the various practices they, they have gone into. But that's not surprising to us, really, because we know that there are plenty of people who only go to church on Easter right. or only go to church at Christmas Or time, only think about God when, when, someone when there's dies. a death. Right now. Then they go through the normal procedures, the, the uh, special ceremonies that are done in order to be appropriate Mm -hmm. for that specific uh, event.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, so that same changing is happening worldwide, of course. Um, um, But uh, I think some cultures are um, less apt to suck it in, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. Um, But, um, yeah, as you think about the Scriptures, um, the idea of them being true and accurate um, is really under attack by uh, by several uh, modern frames of thought. Now it's not new that the scripture would be under attack. Right? God's right. word is, is at odds with the world and the enemy wants to uh, undercut them. Um, but uh, in our culture uh, it's very common uh, for the typical mindset to be against them. And uh, so um, let's walk through some of those some of those uh, mindsets mm-hmm. that uh, that Good. that we have. So, uh, first one you've mentioned it already: hum, uh, humanism and, and materialism, um, the idea that there is the need for no God, that uh, life began on a gradual process, and uh, everything can be explained uh, either by science or by human uh, doing. And so there's no need for a, for a higher, higher being. And we can make the most of our life. We can do the greatest that we can do. And then death comes and it's over. And uh, that has really made inroads into our, uh, into our culture and into our mindset. And really a lot of the elites of our day have this thought. And so, if you dare think that it, that's not true, obviously you're a simpleton, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, you just need a, a crutch, or you know you need help because you're not uh, academically you know with it enough to really think through these things. And uh, and yet, what's what's so sad is uh, there is absolutely no future in it. There's mm-hmm. there's no hope. There's no hope in it. Yes. Um, and it's not true. Um, right. And, and so, even if you show proof of it. If, if you if you show you know uh, the idea of the consistency of a water cycle and food cycle and and what points back to creation and the fact that the universe is is expanding and if you reverse that it doesn't have time it doesn't have time to get back the billions of years and all even if you show those kind of truths there still can't be a God it just can't be and so thats really is an attack on on uh, on the, the scripture that is um, just the basic denial that there is a God?
1: Well, since the 17th century, um, there has been a consistent onslaught uh, in the Western world particularly, but in years since then, uh, in the decades, and in the uh, development of these ideas of opposing various aspects of the Scriptures, it has spread in other areas as well, other parts of the world. But if you think about it, as soon as you begin to question, for example, the divine origin of scriptures, you immediately make it a human book. Right. And if it becomes a human book, then it's a book that is probably done to the best that humans can do. Uh, and thus, while it may have great ideas and beautiful thoughts in it, it really has no impact on anyone's life. Uh, I am the captain of and, my And fate. it's just
0: a collection of old
1: writings. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's all, yeah. that's all it becomes is a collection of old writings that are dated and had their place and made a difference in the world, but, uh, you know, they're old. Yes. So,
1: and, and if I am the captain of my fate and there is no one else to whom I need to turn, that means that everything depends upon me, which is certainly the ultimate end of humanism. Mm-hmm. It is the beginning and the end of humanism because I am here I know myself, I understand myself, I know what I need to do. If I can do it, I'll survive, and if I can't, I'll die. And when I die, it'll be over. There'll be nothing left. Uh, You know, what's funny is the I am here
0: is often what I go back to in the undeniable. The undeniable that there's a God is the I'm here and I got here somehow. And uh, it makes no sense that... My dad and, his dad and 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 his dad, was it? That just doesn't make any sense. I'm here. I'm here. I'm I'm here, and it's got to be explained. It's just uh, so funny that the same the same thought of I'm I am here. Uh, for me, it's an it's an expression of there is a God, and for so many uh, in the humanist thought, it that is the ultimate sta- statement that I'm here, and that's the that's it that's it. Mm-hmm.
1: If we look in the, the uh, doctrines that we're going to be studying in the future, if we look at that question again and again from the perspective of Scripture, we find that God has actually given us in the Scriptures ways of looking at that perspective. Uh, not just the book of Ecclesiastes, but mm-hmm. in many other places, we find that man under the sun is examined very carefully and found in his philosophy to be wanting. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to uh, to evolution and other issues that we'll be looking at, we're going to find that same message coming again and again. My confidence that I am in full control can falter and fail. And sometimes in the the midst of that failure, we're for the first time open to believe that there's someone higher than me.
0: Right. Sometimes in times of trouble is when people are the most open to um, uh, hearing the truth.
1: Because they
0: understand they can't, uh, they can't call the shots. They can't control everything. Right.
2: I, th- I think even this last year. I mean, going through the pandemic. Like I right. think even, even for me, right. Like I I've laughed at the fact that you know if someone would have asked me, you know, in January of of last year, like do you think we could have a worldwide pandemic? And I would have laughed like, well, no, we're like, we've, we've come too far. Right. Mm. Our, our medicine's too good. We, 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 there's no way we'd have a, we'd have a worldwide pandemic. Right. Um, and like, I think that's even, you know, as we look at these, right, we're seeing how our worldview has been affected by these because we live in because we live in the world and we are affected by the culture we're taking in. Right. That's even like a level of like, no, we've progressed like, no, we as humanity where we've moved far enough that that's no longer an issue we deal with. Right. Right. And so even, you know, this kind of it kind of sits you on your butt of like, oh, you know what? Yeah, we're we're not we're not in control. I, I'm not the one that's in control of this. Yeah, that's right. Um, even you know the smartest yeah. the smartest humans on the planet that are supposed to be the ones that, you know, figure this out. There's still a lot of I don't knows. Even right. even now a year out, like there's still a lot of I don't knows. Yeah. Um, and so even you know the the irony of of our own uh, our own dependency, our own uh, reliance on ourselves, our own reliance on on humanism. We uh, we have missed it.
0: Right. right? Yeah. yeah. When the when the highest when the highest, uh, elite, most elite infectious devi- disease doctors <laughs> see this come, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah I don't know." You're, it, it does shake you to, well, well, they're supposed to know. You know, right, they're, right. Su- I, right. I don't have to worry about it because they know. But they didn't. They
1: didn't know. <laughs> and, and it's it was, interesting yeah. too, from the perspective of humanism, since we're talking about that, yeah. as as we have watched the progression of the pandemic and seeing how it's been reported on television and news and various other uh, media. It's been fascinating to see how often the, the thing that has brought comfort has been to refer to what this person is doing, this child, this, this adult, this, this group of people, and how because they are doing this, there is hope. Right. there is hope <laughs> <laughs> hope becomes grounded again in human existence and in right. human interaction right
2: you, you see uh, you know the the kids seeing outside the the uh, the old person's home with their grandparent right and it's like right. oh oh good there's there's still hope in the world <laughs> yeah. yeah right, right. Like, it right. has
0: no effect on the on the pandemic right but it it, it does show that there's care yes you know. right it does show that there's still relationship but that has no effect on the on the on the disease right y- you know what I mean it's uh, anyway we'll move on <laughs> yes. we'll move on pluralism Jim why don't you uh, jump into pluralism
1: when when we look at the society and the uh, its its demands upon us we realize the fact that in many ways the earlier United States if you will was a, a rather relatively monistic society mm-hmm. in the sense that the emphasis was always on what should we as a Christian nation do. The concept that we were a Christian nation born during that period of time uh, also went along with Manifest Destiny, the idea that we are destined to come and take over in the United States, in Canada, in South America, in Mexico and uh, to Christianize this part of the world. Obviously, there were left then large numbers of people who survived that sad uh, chapter in human history, large numbers of people who had very different beliefs. And as we have found over the last century or so, a gradual movement toward recognition that we are not alone, that Christianity is one of many religions, and that uh, the cultural traditions that we have because we are a melting pot. We have many traditions and many different cultures represented. All of that then becomes an issue as we try to determine how to relate all of these to each other. And so the answer has been pluralism, which basically is the recognition of the existence of many different religions, many different gods, many different cultural Uh, backgrounds and uh, customs that all need to be recognized in some way. And uh, much of this then has resulted in uh, a, a kind of thinking that requires what we call political correctness to make sure that that as we speak as we talk about other people as we look at other people as we think about other people as we think about their gods and their religions that we put them all on sort of an equal level where all people are climbing the same mountain to get to the same place ultimately
0: yeah you know there's a, in a free society which we enjoy there has there does have to be a level of this there yeah. does have to be an allowance that uh, people can believe different things, mm-hmm. and it's good. It's not good that people would believe things that aren't scriptural. That's, it's not good. Right. But in a free society, there has to be this allowance for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, but then in that allowance, there, there has continually crept uh, more and more and more and more, the, the idea of progressive, um, and so much so that the original thoughts – are now offensive Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's not a tolerance for that and that's where that is um, becoming so so harmful not only are there unbiblical thoughts being not just allowed um, in our culture but unbiblical thoughts are being are being pushed as the correct thoughts now and, and biblical thoughts are being uh, curtailed and judged. And any, anyone who really holds biblical thoughts often are thought as, as haters and, and judgmental ones. Um, but typically, there are, there are people who say they are representing the Bible and are awful people. There, there's just no mm-hmm. doubt about that. But typically, those who are representing the Bible are ones who want to love others and right. want to uh want to care about others and not to be offensive and not to be offensive um now when you represent the scriptures and you say something is a sin if that's offensive i'm it's i can't help you that that's what the scriptures say right um and so they find that to be offensive um but uh a one who's following the Bible is not setting out on a crusade, is not setting out on, on a, let's go see who I can offend today. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we want to reach out with a gospel message that that God loves these everyone, that loves each person. And so um, it's not true that all roads lead to heaven, but that, I don't think that's where our culture is today. I don't think most of the people care about whether the roads lead to heaven or not. Uh, that's how it was maybe – 20 or 30 or 40 years ago Mm -hmm. but i think now uh the political correctness is the new pluralism where everybody can believe anything they want for but it's all about this life right you know um right i mean there's i think uh i think it would still be that way
2: from the outside looking in i think a Mm -hmm. you know for a. um an atheist looking at looking at religion right okay well you believe this and you believe this well that's fine you're all just you're just, you're all just following right. that path to make you feel better you're all you're all doing the same thing basically is right. someone from the outside looking in
0: yeah as people think about as people think about church they think pretty much all right. all of them are the same yeah right. Right. mass I, I,
2: or Easter Sunday or whatever you want to go to it's all
1: right it's all in a building whatever it is yeah I, I agree that there's that thought Definitely we matter. have to recognize the fact that we look at uh, these issues that are involved in pluralistic thinking from a number of perspectives. Uh, from the perspective of the government, for example, it is their responsibility to make sure that everyone gets along. Mm-hmm. And so it's important from the governmental position and from the pr- perspective of uh, the sociologist and the educator in many ways to make sure that ideas all of the ideas in the marketplace are set side by side and that only those things that become dangerous or offensive to the point of, of uh, murder uh, have to be accepted have to be tolerated mm-hmm. have to be understood from the perspective of those of us who recognize that there is a God and who believe that people need to know him. It's important that we don't allow those things that Jesus said it beautifully when he said that if the world, uh, hates me, it will hate you as well. Right. We, we realize that we're not going to be popular by presenting the gospel to people, by telling them that they are sinners. No one wants to hear that they're a sinner. In Japan, when you would preach about sin uh, in the first place, it wouldn't be understood because to the Japanese, sumi or sin is the idea of having committed some kind of a grave offense. And they would all sit there and nod their heads and say, I haven't done anything. I haven't gotten any trouble. I haven't been arrested. Uh, But it's only after they began to recognize that what we were talking about was sin against God that it began to have an impact because then they could realize the fact that they were included.
0: Yeah, so that actually leads us to the next section, the idea of relativism. This pluralism really blends into relativism uh, because it strips out out the religious morals. It strips out some standard outside myself to where relativism uh, is I get to make my own rules or um, I have my own truth. And um, that is such a dangerous, uh, such a dangerous stance. Without even any regard to the scriptures, just in life, that is a dangerous stance for a culture to have. The thought that every person can can decide for themselves <laughs> what the standard is is a dangerous, uh, a dangerous society. And we're seeing some of the ramifications of that uh in in our day um but uh when this idea is now becoming so common that there really isn't an absolute truth and it has we're really past this being um accepted i mean there's really a, a real a testing of is there really a truth is there really moral truth there really isn't moral truth in our society. There's only personal moral truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a dangerous setting that is in life, but how desperately off that is in relation to the scripture.
1: Cy, si, I'm going to ask a question of you in a second, but I, I think following on that thought, because of the fact that we have now reached the place where we are sort of post postmodernist what's happened is that many of the concepts of relativism that were brought into existence during the time that postmodernism was taking over for modernism, um, many of the, the concepts that were so striking and that made so many believers angry at what was taking place, um, in this concept of relativism, my story is this as good as your story, and they're different, but that doesn't matter. Um, that whole thought is now assumed, it's taken for granted. Mm-hmm. So, uh, from the perspective of the youngest of our three generations, do you sense that to be so? Do you see more of a, of a relativistic way of, of thought? Is there anything that you have seen in your education or in your re- dealings with others that would indicate that that's something that we even need to be concerned about now.
2: Um, well, I mean, the, so uh, what, what I've what I see now as, as a youth pastor, what I see working with with young people, and I, and even more in in my I, n- I know myself better than I know anybody <laughs> else. So I think there's a there's a push that. And it's a lot of what we've already talked about, but well, there's a push that um, our goal should just be to be at peace with one another, right? And and that's under the guise of that what we're doing is good. Like <clears throat> even in like a Christian, you know, inside in, inside of the church, right? Our our goal is to to minister to these people, so we need to love them, so we need to you know to to accept them. And so there's obviously peace. I mean, we see you look at scripture and we see Jesus loving on, uh, you know, prostitutes and we see loving the widows right. and people that he shouldn't have been hanging out with. He was hanging out with. And so there's a level of that that I think the church has adopted. That is, that is kind of a, a good that ka- came out of this, but I think much of it as with a lot of things in the church, it's, it's swinging too far and maybe has already swung too far, right? To the point now where, you know, I, I, as I see high schoolers, there's, you you can't say anything offensive mm-hmm. right and and you're to the point where you know that we have teens now that are champion championing causes that are anti-biblical but because they're trying to be they're trying to love everyone they're they're dropping off biblical belief to love that person right and so we see the swing too too far here Um we in inside inside of of relativism but uh, inside of you you know everyone having their own truth we're we're trying to trying to make up for that that okay well that's their truth so i i have to respect that mm-hmm. right and there is there is a line of yeah we we need, we need to love we 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 have to reach out and care for these people right, right? one thing Absolutely. that i talk a lot about with a lot of different things is it's really it can be very difficult to talk about you know, uh, certain to talk about beliefs and, and just broadly talk about, oh, you know, well, they believe people that believe this, we should talk to about this, right? That, that can be very difficult. It becomes very different though, when you're talking about, you know, Sarah, who, who mm-hmm. the, that particular person who's struggling with things, right? in some ways it becomes easier because you can have a conversation about these things. And as you're building that relationship, there's freedom to ask like, Hey, what, what do you think about this? And, and mm-hmm. wh- what do you think about what I think? Right. That there's freedom there, but it also becomes more difficult because you're then actually dealing with a, with a real person. Right. Um, and so there, I, like I said, I think there's some, in some ways the, the push for, um, you know t- to see to see people and, the, and to love people and um, not just outcast somebody because they think differently I, I think that's great mm-hmm. but I think in a lot of ways
0: it's swinging swung too far the opposite way right, right? yeah yeah I, th- I do think that that the church that in general the church had done a bad a really bad job in dealing with um, what they found offensive yes yeah um, but throwing out the morals is not the answer and so that's it's it is a it is difficult right it is really difficult and now any stance on any moral is considered uh is considered hateful mm. and uh, and so it's it's because because how dare you declare something moral for everybody and that's that relativistic thought
1: and it's true, and I think that comment that you made, Cy, is so helpful in that regard. When you get down to, to Ruth and you're talking with her and you begin in your conversation to draw out some of the things that Ruth really thinks, really believes, really understands or doesn't understand, in the, co- in the process of doing that, you really come to find that a lot of the things that we're talking about today have become either buried uh, and become part of the way in which she deals with the society around her, or if you go deep enough, you find that they're rejected. In other words, that there's something in her that is crying out for Mm -hmm. an authority, that there is an empty space in there where God needs to be, that there is an openness on that person's part, To hearing what love, which is really looking out for the the very best for another, what love can provide, and what love can provide for her is the ability to give her God and his truth and the good news of Jesus Christ that she might have hope and peace and a relationship with God that really gives her life.
2: Right. I mean, in that, it's nothing... uh it's nothing new for, you know, uh, junior hires, high schoolers, college age, to be crying out for attention. That, that's nothing new. That's been, that's been going on <laughs> since you guys were in, you know, junior high, <laughs> and high back, school, and college. Way back when we right, were. Right. <laughs> it, it's just the way that's been done is different, <laughs> right? Right. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I that's where I I get frustrated sometimes. Where you know, when when people act like, you know, this this next generation is the worst generation ever. It's like, mm. well we're all we're all humans we're all sinners we've all done things very similar it's, it's different technology has made things very different yep. right than how they were before but where the problems are very similar they just have different showings yep right yep the the truth of the truth of that right as we look at as we look at scripture is when you recognize how how loved you are by god how loved you are by your creator you recognize that the that the desires of this world the attention that you're looking for is is only is only a surface level answer to what you really want right right, right. And, that, and that's what right. you're talking about with the with the desire for God you you recognize that you're you know as you begin to re- recognize who God is those desires for attention by your by humans becomes becomes a very small piece. Right. It's it's not easy to get there. I I think uh, all of us would right. would attest that right. uh, that we that we fail even, you know, as we even for you guys who've recognized God's love a lot more than I do, right? You, there's there you still have you still have your own desires and you, and you and you still right. still mess up. But
0: well, and then our, our culture has has pushed these these thoughts of you are the king, you are the one in charge, your your story is important. Our culture has shoved these things uh, down our throats so much uh, that the thought of submitting to, uh, to God as judge and submitting to his way uh, it not only goes against our natural nature because we want our way. Uh, we, without a culture, we want our way. Uh, but then our culture has inflamed that so much that it becomes really desperately hard. Um, and so uh, that's where it is good to talk about God's love. Uh, with people, it is good to share God's love with people. Um, uh, that's a that's a very valid um, truth to communicate, but it's not separate from the fact that He He is the moral uh, the moral judge and right. the, the one that. But those moral ju- that moral judgments are actually good for us if we understand His love correctly.
1: And if God's authority over us is something that we struggle with. And most people do, because the the ultimate end of accepting the existence of God is that I also have to think about what authority he has over my life. The easiest way to prevent that from being a problem is simply to push it away, Mm -hmm. to simply not accept the idea that God has any authority or any say in the way I live my life.
0: Yeah. So in our culture, what happens is people either ig- ignore, uh, escape, or or fight, you yeah. know, uh, against it. So so we've looked at these uh, humanism, pluralism, relativism, and basically the the denial of of God altogether, his authority, and those are all relatively negative in their in their thought. Uh, another thing that really is important for us to talk about is. The Western mindset, the Western mindset of uh, individual um, independence, individual ruggedism, you know, that individual mindset um, is something that is different from the rest of the world. Um, that the fact that it's not a group mentality, it's not a family mentality. We have families here and we love families, um, but we are an individualistic society yes. and our mindset is that way so that it, it that is not necessarily bad like humanism or pluralism but it is definitely different and it has bad and good with it so as we approach the scriptures we approach the scriptures with that mindset there an right. individualistic mindset um, and so we need to think about that mindset as we come to the scriptures and not not, uh, take it in through that way.
1: Yeah, there are, there are two dangers in that regard. The one is that my individualistic mindset will make it difficult for me to recognize uh, collectivistic cultures in Scripture. We won't see group cultures, and yet the Old Testament uh, Israelites and the New Testament Church mm-hmm. are both presented in Scripture from the perspective of group cultures. That's what they were. Mm-hmm. And so as we read the letters of the New Testament that are written to the churches, we recognize that most of the commands that are given to you in those letters are you as the church, the way in which you're to relate to each other, as well as you as an individual believer. And I think that that helps us f- to understand one of the ways in which this blinds us, The other is that it blinds us to the fact that as we're dealing with others uh, from different cultural backgrounds, those the three-quarters of the population of the world in group cultures, it's going to influence the way in which we relate to them as well. We're going to assume that if they don't handle things the same way we do, if they think differently, if they act differently, if they have different customs and things that seem strange or or odd to us, that they need to conform to us. That's the way the individual's mindset often works, Mm -hmm. rather than our conforming to them in order to be able to present to them ourselves as representatives of Jesus Christ and the truth that we have to bring to them.
0: And then quickly, just to think about how that, in, how that uh, affects our theology and the theology of the historical writers. So last time we talked about we, that the Bible is our source of theology, but then we also have those who have written about it before and how, how our present day forces us to address issues of theology now. And so that mindset was in all of those historical writers they had, they had a particular cultural mindset that they were writing in. And even today, as we address theology, we are doing it with our mindset, and it's forced to be addressing issues that are because of a cultural mindset or issues. And so when we address theology, um, there, there are these cultural mindset issues that have to be addressed um, on several levels. Th- those who wrote about them before, are they just addressing them because that was a cultural issue there and then and it really isn't biblical? Or they were forced to address that issue because it was a cultural issue, but it really is biblical? You know? and, and so it, it really does force us to filter the theological issues then with that cultural mindset. Some are biblical and some are not right, because of the same right. issue.
1: And, and that affects our theology and our understanding of theology because basically what we must say is though the teachings of Scripture are transcultural, mm-hmm. they're unchanging, yep. the way in which they are perceived and the way in which they're presented from culture to culture uh, is going to be affected. The, the mind of the theologian is going to be affected by the culture just as we've been explaining today. Yep. And so, realizing that to be the fact, we must never accept a man's theology as being on the same level as the Word of God. Right. The Word of God is ultimate truth. The teachings of a theologian is the best he or she can do to present those teachings in a meaningful way.
2: so to to clarify, I mean, Dad, you're talking about you know how we how we look at, uh, like Paul's writings to the churches, right? So like one of the ways, one of the areas we see, it's a, it's an easy one, but when he's talking about, you know, whether they should, whether they should eat meat which has been sacrificed to idols, right? right? That's something that we in America, we, I don't think that any of us are really, you know, struggling with, that that decision right and so that, that's an area that's one example where we see you know the scripture is saying something and we're and we're deciphering okay ha, what does this look like in our culture mm-hmm. so right. I, you mm-hmm. know I, we, we we don't want to act like we're taking you know everything that's written and trying to pick and choose what's what we're saying we're not you know we're we're not right. saying that but that's an air that was one example where you know we have to just dis- look at that and say okay that's right. not something we're struggling with but but that, uh, yeah. right, that
0: that would only be one of those where you take a, a part of the scripture that's talking about a cultural issue and bring it into today but also there would be there would be um you know 16 16th, 16th century theologians that are writing about a cultural issue of their day and a, and applying scripture to to something that's going on there and then and and then we we look at it and and we we try to not just build on that theology we try to build on the scriptures right and so we don't just take in necessarily what the 16th century theologian said we 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 take it in but then we decide whether it is actually something that should stay as part of our theology as to whether it is biblical or not no matter what that person's name is whether it's somebody we we respect or somebody we don't respect right? It, what's important is whether or not it's biblical. Right. And right. so it's both of those, both things that were culturally said in the scriptures that we then think, what does that mean for us today? Or it could be th- things that theologians from a different cultural time wrote that we need to then figure out if it really is biblical or not. For, and sometimes, for time.
1: sometimes that cultural issue that we find in the scripture, like the one that that Sy mentioned, actually the best Understanding for us is to understand what it meant historically in that culture. Right. In that culture. Yep. It isn't directly applicable to our situation. Right. It may be that the wisest thing for us to do is to see how what it meant to them, why it fit that period in history and culture in right. the scriptures, and then see if there are principles across the Word of God that have basically the same kind of thing illustrated. And those principles then are the way in which God teaches us out of these cultural issues. Right,
2: right. Yep. Gr- Grandpa. You even talked about, you know, as we look at Luther, you know, and as he, you know, as he dealt with Roman Catholic society, right. And so that that's even an area where, as we read from Luther's writings, we need to have the understanding that he is basically completely combating. Uh, you know, Catholic thought, right? And so even, uh, again, as we understand his culture and understand what was going on, then it helps us to understand what he was writing, as you talked about, with theologians. Right. So
1: what we basically are doing is, as we exegete the Scripture, we also exegete the theologians and the right. cultures that they were in to understand why they came to the conclusions they came to.
0: Right.
2: Which is exactly what we're charging you to do with this. We're talking about our cultures. We, we're going through everything that right. America's believing, so you can do that right. for yourself. I've been amaz- right, right? I've been amazed in, in reading
0: right. in reading um, commentaries and past theologians and those kind of things. That there are some there have been some some writers that I really have respected, and then I've read parts of their thought and I have thought, <laughs> what in the world are they saying? And the other ones where I've almost completely discounted them. And then I've, I've seen little statements from, from them on certain areas, and I think, man, that perfectly captures what this is saying. So I'm amazed at times um, it really doesn't matter the name that's associated with it. Mm-hmm. What matters is whether or not it's biblical. You
1: know? uh, a, a beautiful example of that, Dan, is, is far from a what would be a known and respected theologian here. But having the experience of sitting in Japan – under the, the preaching of a student that I had had there, and hear him exegete a passage of Scripture, teach a passage of Scripture, and get something out of it that I never recognized before. Yeah, <laughs> That was a beautiful illustration right. of exactly that truth. The, I have great respect for him. I was sort of, as his teacher, listening to what's going on, but all of a sudden, to have this theologian presenting the truth of the Word of God in a way that opened my eyes to what it said is, is something that theologians do for us often. Right. They give us those insights that we may have otherwise missed. Yep. Well, in conclusion, uh, because our time is gone. More than gone. We need, <laughs> yes, we need to uh, emphasize what our heartbeat really is in all of this. To the degree that these theology podcasts become a new product, one not merely reflective of the American evangelical theological context, which forms its background, it will be effective in helping us and you all to do theology in a relevant way, no matter which people group we are serving. But knowing the truth and growing in our faith is only part of our heartbeat. The other part is putting our faith to work. Living it out uh, so that when we conform to God's truth, we are able to present it to others in such a way that we are cooperating with God in calling out a people for his name. Yep. That's our desire. That's
0: right. You got to take in the scriptures, have a strong foundation and then to have that applied in our lives and shared with others, right? It's good. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking in our podcast, whatever outlet you're doing it on there or viewing it on on YouTube. We'd love for you to uh, uh, to comment there on YouTube or to leave a review if you're doing that on on Apple uh, podcast. And uh, if you have uh, uh, something you'd like to share in an email format, you can do that to uh, to me at pd at Again, that's Pastor Dan, pd, at crossbridgeindy.com. And uh, we'll be posting these podcasts every Monday morning. And uh, looking forward to sharing from the scriptures with you. Uh, Next week we'll get started into bibliology and uh, get get going, looking at uh, real doctrine and excited about doing that. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.